0: Reading this reading is taken from Luke chapter 14 and beginning at verse 25. Large crowds were travelling with Jesus and turning to them he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate them, father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Well, you sit, first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it. For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, This person began to build and wasn't able to finish Suppose a king is about to go war against another king. When he first sit down and consider where, whether he is able, would 10,000 men oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you Do not give up everything you have, cannot be my disciples. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil or the manure pile, so it is thrown out. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear.
1: Good morning. It's great to be with you again today. We're continuing to look at our series on the questions that Jesus either asked or answered. And today's question is one where Jesus invites those who are following him to count the cost. Rather than trying to get as big a crowd as possible, Jesus, in fact, tries to deter them, tries to put them off. His concern is not the number of followers, but the quality. Now, seeing as it's August, I just thought, you know what? It's summertime, so we've got a special giveaway today. So I've got two things here. I've got a five pound note and a two pound coin. Which would you rather have? Yeah, I hear you. The five pound note wins every time, except not this time. You see, this two pound coin is worth two quid. But this five pound note is actually five Egyptian pounds. So it's worth 25p or something like that. Now, here's the thing. So much of the time we go for numbers, don't we? We go for what seems bigger, what seems better because it's bigger. But that wasn't the case with Jesus. Jesus wasn't interested in how many followers he could accumulate, but he was interested in the quality of those followers. He wanted people who were sold out followers of his, those who would be disciples. And today I wanna challenge us, are we merely just disinterested onlookers when it comes to following Jesus or are we wholehearted disciples? And that's the heart of what this passage today is about. If we look at the context, we can see that Jesus has been uh, immediately before this dining with some religious leaders. And he does a really interesting thing because these are these people were confident in their self-righteousness. They would have been confident that they were okay, that they were insiders. And Jesus has been telling them parables and stories. And as part of that, he makes the point that they will be surprised that the kingdom of God is not just for the insiders, but actually that many are invited. And he, uh, what he says to them essentially warns them that they think that they're all right, that they're insiders, but actually they need to watch out because they could miss out. And you can imagine this teaching makes Jesus popular with the outsiders. So we see in this passage here, as Jesus goes from this place, he's being followed by many people. You see, they love the miracles that he does. They love the fact that Jesus is able to provide for them. And yet when Jesus had crowds, he was really at pains to warn them. It's really interesting when people begin to follow Jesus in numbers, he stops and he says, have you counted the cost of following me? You see, Jesus has made the point that the kingdom of God is wide, that the invitation is cast wide, but also he makes the point, but the way to eternal life is actually narrow. So although the invitation is wide, actually the way to be a follower of Jesus isn't to follow the crowd. For Jesus, there's a warning that comes when he is popular. Jesus never sought a big crowd of followers, but what he looked for then and what he's looking for today are wholehearted disciples. Firstly, I want us to see that following Jesus has a cost to it. You know, one of the great tragedies of the age in which we live is that Jesus has become almost like a lifestyle accessory, the idea that you just add Jesus to your life and he'll make everything fine. You know, we even have preachers talking about, you know, follow Jesus and live your best life now. And the reality is that following Jesus demands from us complete surrender to the lordship of Jesus. Jesus isn't some uh, accessory that we add to our life, you know, Dr. Detox or, or Mr. Make It All Right who's there to serve our every need. No, when we become disciples of Christ, we give our lives to following the one who is worthy of everything. Now, Jesus brings that out here in this passage. uh, In verse 25, it says, large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them. He said, if anyone comes to me, and does not hate his mother and father, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me, cannot be my disciple. These are really, really strong words, aren't they? As this crowd follows Jesus, Jesus doesn't want to leave them with the illusion that following him is going to be the the route to a comfortable life. In fact, we see that Jesus really wasn't concerned for the comfort of his disciples. He loved them dearly, but he never, ever promised them an easy life. And he made clear just how exacting it was to be his disciple. You see, Jesus wasn't interested in gathering followers, like you or I might gather followers on Twitter. You know how that works, don't you? Just basically, you kind of say random things, trying to be as profound as possible. And uh, people might like it, or they might get cross at it, or might mute you, or might take some interest. But actually, it makes no difference to anybody's life. Jesus wanted followers who would lay down their lives. And uh, this passage really brings out what it is to be a disciple. Jesus wants them to to be aware of the cost of following him. And so he uses this, um, um, this, this quite extreme device, it seems almost, where he he uh, uses the phrase that that basically we're not fit to be his followers if we don't hate our own families. Now let me unpack that for you. Jesus isn't saying that you have to hate your families. What he's talking about is this sense of, uh, in comparison to our love for him, our devotion to him, our loyalty to him, it's as if we would hate our families. You know, Jesus was very clear that his followers even had to love their enemies. This is a a device, a comparative device to just show us through an extreme, just exactly how the claims of Christ on our life have a primacy that nothing else can take. You know, if we are to identify with Jesus, we need to uh, love him and identify with him more than we do with our own natural family you know for me the the big example of that when I was about 17 and I wanted to get baptized and my dad was a Muslim at the time and uh he'd he'd been born a Muslim and grown up as one and and when I wanted to be baptized he he really didn't want me to be and he tried to talk me out of it and it was one of the hardest conversations of my life to say to him dad I love you and I respect you but I need to do this because following Jesus is the most important thing in my life. And that was a really, really tough conversation, but it was an important one. And brothers and sisters, if there are things about our families uh, and our loyalty to them that prevent us from being followers of Jesus, we really need to check out our own hearts. We need to really realise that following Christ has to be The main thing, those of us watching today from a Muslim background, those of you watching, you uh, you probably know exactly what that means. Many of our brothers and sisters in Christ who love their families dearly have had to pay a a big price to become followers of Jesus. But identifying with Jesus also means that we um, we have to identify with him and love him more than our own comfort Jesus here talks about taking up one's cross and following after him he says we're not fit to be his disciples we can't be if we won't take up our cross again you know that that entails death the cross was about dying and as disciples of Jesus, we're called to die daily to our own selfishness. We're called to die daily to our desire to be in charge. We're called to die daily to our own wants and needs. And that's a tough, tough ask. You know, the many of the followers of Jesus who who heard these words, some of those people would go on To lose their own lives because of their obedience to Jesus. To be a disciple of Christ means that we identify with Him more than we desire our own comfort. Secondly, we need to carefully weigh up the cost of following Jesus. The invitation here from Jesus is to count the cost. He asks the people who are following him to count the cost of following him. It's really interesting to see that Jesus didn't ask anybody simply to make a commitment or just pray a prayer. Rather, he invited them to follow after him wholeheartedly and in full view of what it is to be a disciple of his. He wanted them to be aware of what they were committing to. He wasn't trying to hide the cost of following him in the small print. No, up front and center was Jesus inviting them to follow. Again, remember the wide invitation, but also a narrow way. Jesus inviting people to follow him, but making them aware of exactly what it would cost. And we see here in these verses from verse 28 onwards, he uses two examples, the examples of towers and of wars. He uh, he doesn't want people to see the convenience of following him, but rather the consequence. Jesus wanted to make them aware of the consequences more than the conveniences he wasn't offering them an easy ride he wasn't just offering them moral acceptance no he was making it clear that there was a price to pay and they need to consider carefully whether they were prepared to make that price to pay that price so jesus gave these two examples of tower And a war. So in verse 28, it says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the costs to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. So Jesus uses these two examples of people who, who, uh, who need to think about what they're doing. I love that example of the tower, because if you go to Canary Wharf at the riverfront there, there's this area where exactly that happened, where I think it was JP Morgan uh, began to hollow out foundations, started to build stuff, stopped. And years later, it's just an eyesore that sits there. And actually, as you walk past, you regularly hear people complaining about it. I complain about it. Actually, I believe in their case, they were hoping for a better offer, maybe something more profitable with that site. And that really spoke to me that sometimes we can be that way. We can start off following Jesus and then wait for a better offer. Maybe something better will come along. Hey, maybe this isn't the good thing I thought it was. And just as soon as hard times come, It's easy to give up. The other example that Jesus uses here is about a king who starts a war. And his basic question is, wouldn't you consider if your army can match this bigger army or else you're going to have to go as a king and to organize peace talks? And actually that can really happen with us. We can start off following Jesus. We can have a joy about it. We can be excited that he is our Lord and savior, but then actually our old life can loom large and we can almost want to make peace talks with the enemy. We can almost want to go back to what we've come from. The key point that Jesus is making is that following him involves giving up everything And it's something you need to be aware of. And we need to count the cost. And, you know, so many times I hear people present the good news of Jesus, end it with an appeal. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there's often not the encouragement to count the cost. And whenever the crowds came to Jesus, Jesus began to remind them of the cost. And I want to say to you, as you sit there watching this, have you counted the cost of following Jesus? Have you weighed it up carefully? Thirdly, I want to ask you, are you in this for the long haul? Are you ready for the complete commitment of following after Jesus? You know, in life, we all have decisions to make, don't we? We have choices that we have to make. And I believe that the most important choice The one that will ultimately matter is that decision to become a wholehearted follower of Jesus. Yes, it will be followed by many, many small choices to work that out. But that decision that says, Jesus, you are my Lord and I'm following after you wholeheartedly. Here in verse 33, we read in the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Jesus is here, clear, and in one sense, unreasonable. There's two things that have to happen. We have to follow him and we have to lay other things down. And you see, those two things are intimately connected and they don't work without one another. The trouble is we want to follow Jesus without laying our lives down. You know, have you ever thought about the marriage vows? They actually uh, reflect that. You make a vow to stay faithful to your spouse for your whole life. But also there's a part in the marriage vow where it says forsaking all others. And, you know, that commitment to one person doesn't happen without the forsaking all others bit. They don't make sense without one another to be committed to my spouse i have to forsake all others to be committed to christ as lord and savior ultimately means the laying down of my life you see following jesus is about being faithful and forsaking the other claims on our lives and that's hard to do But I want to challenge you. Are you in this for the long haul? Many of us watching are saying, yes, we've become followers of Jesus. We've made him our Lord and Savior. And and there's that desire to run this race for the long haul. I just want to leave you with uh, five very, very quick and brief things that I think are so important about what it means to faithfully follow Jesus. And it's things that I, I value in my own life and I've seen lived out. And it's just uh, uh, the, the very simple thing of, of, of running the race. And those things are faith, identifying with Jesus, grace, the Holy Spirit, and team. If we look, use those initials, fight, you know, put up a good fight. Firstly, faith faith making sure that we trust in Jesus that we're not trusting in self that we've actually placed our trust in Jesus we're not trusting in church we're not trusting in a religion but our faith is in Jesus be confident have faith that even when it gets tough God is able to keep you from falling, that the one who has begun a good work in you is able to bring it to completion. Child of God, know that if you are following Jesus, you can have faith that God is able to keep you from falling. Secondly, identifying with Jesus, making intentional daily decisions to die to self and live to Christ each day choosing to surrender yesterday's decision is not good for today but actually today I need to wake up get up and say Jesus my life is yours I love the way Paul put it he says it's no longer I that lives but Christ lives in me and he said that the life I lead I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me if we identify with christ if we find our identity our life in him then we will be able to keep following jesus i love being around people who've been following jesus for years i'm so inspired when i meet people who've been serving jesus 50 60 years and are still passionate And I find that they are people who identify with him. They identify with him in joy and in suffering. Grace, grace. You know, it's so important that we realise this isn't just about how hard we try. There's a cost to following Jesus. We're to count that cost, but we don't need to do it in our own strength. We can know God's grace. God's enabling, God's equipping for the life that we have been called to live. You know, there's grace knowing that even when I get it wrong, even when I mess up, even when I fail. God is faithful and because of his grace, I'm able to begin again. The Holy Spirit, you know, we were never meant to live This life of following Jesus, being a disciple without the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to the disciples, it's better if I go because then I can send you the comforter. I can send you the one who's going to lead you into all truth. And the Holy Spirit leads us into truth. He teaches us and reveals to us who Jesus is. He explains the Bible to us. He gives us power to live and he gives us gifts to witness to others. And most importantly, as well, he convicts us of sin. He shows us when we're doing things wrong and he leads us in repentance back to God. And one thing I found that will sustain our discipleship for the long haul is the ability to be easily convic- convicted and to repent of sin. I am not the finished article, I do things wrong. And then, team team you know following jesus isn't about just me and jesus but the context to discipleship is the local church and that's why church is important the bible says full. the bible says so much of the need to keep being part of a local church and i want to encourage you don't give up on church when it gets hard Don't swallow the lie that it's all about me and Jesus. You know, as we follow Jesus, we're called to walk alongside others. Jesus called people to follow him, but to follow him as a group together. Church has to be a place of commitment, of meeting together, of real relationships and people who choose to know and to be known by others. So I want to encourage you, God wants to give you the grace and strength to follow him for the long haul. Brothers and sisters, let's count the cost, but let's realise that Jesus is worth giving our all for. God bless you.